welcome everyone to our final Catching Fire tribute talk. I'm gonna cry. We have an exciting guest, Kaylee, from Collecting Panem, and I am just super excited. First, we're gonna talk about Catching Fire tonight, and then we are gonna be talking about some major ballad news. Can uh, we ask her about the cheese bun question since she's new? I knew you were gonna ask that. <laughs> um, I think they're savory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> welcome is he the only one the goal of tribute talk is for chase to find someone to come on as guest who will agree with him (laughs) he will never so thank you you are welcome with us except unpopular opinions i guess if you want to talk about gail for a little bit (laughs) no it's okay we can avoid that (laughs) you're like i don't want hate mail (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you for inviting me, though. Yeah, totally. We're so excited to have you on here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I feel like we should talk about, you know, you, though. Like, when did you become a Hunger Games fan? Like, kind of, what's your your Hunger Games history is the little phrase that I, I like to ask <laughs> everybody. <laughs> so I read the books in 2015 when I was 12 or 13 years old because I heard everyone talking about them and I really wanted to watch the movie for a few years but my mom wouldn't let me because I was too young. Um, But anyway, yeah, eventually she let me read the books and I did that. And then I was obsessed with them ever since, basically. What's your favorite book, favorite movie? Um, My favorite book and movie is The Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. I love Gary Ross's style more than Francis, as I would say. What are your thoughts on Ballad? I think it's great. I think I'm just, like, it was a really good way to, explore Panem in a different way from in a different light and I love seeing things progress from what they are during the 10th Hunger Games to what they become during the 74th Hunger Games. Well we're so excited to have you here tonight. Thank you. I mean okay this is random but we got to talk about perfect attendance for the whole Catching Fire read. Oh me? Yeah I feel like you had perfect attendance. I did. Gary had perfect attendance. Wasn't Chase gone once? I missed once. I think I had a test. Really? Then it was yeah. Gary. Yeah, even me and Holly each missed once, right? Yeah, so <laughs> Gary is the one with perfect attendance. Gary! Graduating off of his class. <laughs> Do I get a prize? You get... Our admiration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need, right? <laughs> Thank you. I cannot remember the last time I read chapter 27 before tonight, to be quite honest with everyone. So I'm excited. The beginning of this chapter is confusing. I feel like I've had some conversations with Chase about the fireworks and- It's so confusing. What was she even saying? I don't know. Does anybody know what it means by the fireworks? Like what is going on? Are there hovercrafts fighting each other or like sparks that are flying off the dome as it's being destroyed? And yeah. Like, yeah, it's probably yeah, that's what I always thought of it. As like, like, explosions. She's, she's just, just yeah. so out of it that she doesn't understand what she's seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just like a artistic way of, exp- of describing it. Like I always think of like the scene in the movie when everything's like falling apart and she's just like laying there and there's all these like bright lights and loud sounds and stuff and I'm like that's fireworky. 
feel like it's just a weird way for her to describe it, though. I guess, yeah. At one point, doesn't she say she thinks it's the um, capital celebrating or something like about them being destroyed? Is that true, or did I make that up? No, yeah, she says something like that. It says, just in case it's not enough fun watching the obliteration of the arena and the remaining tributes, or perhaps to illuminate Argorians. Because then she starts questioning if anyone's actually going to survive. If the games had gone on like normal, would they have let there be a victor, or would they have gotten rid of all of them and kind of called it an accident or something? I feel like they would have let there be a victor. I feel like they would have made sure one of those victors would have been one of the, like, careers or or uninteresting yeah someone that they could control yeah mm-hmm. but like finnick joanna mm-mm. i don't think the capital would have liked the people at least would have enjoyed all of them dying i think they would have had issues if they let them all die because you know they love their victor and they're definitely going to love the victor of the victors so then she meets plutarch yeah on the hovercraft the first face she sees you were our mission from the beginning. He awkwardly closes her eyes, like does that finger and thumb thing, which is actually a huge pet peeve of mine in movies. Like when somebody dies and they close their eyes with one hand, I'm like, that's not how you would do it. I mean, I've never yes. been in that situation. How but you do it? Like I'd close one at a time or I would use both of my hands, <laughs> like, like one finger on each eyelid, not like take one hand and delicately like okay, close. Do you want to it all? Uh, why I though? Like, this is such a strange. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's a weird pet peeve, but it is. So it, it just bothers me a lot that Suzanne then specifically writes the way that he closes her eyes because I hate seeing that in movies nah. <laughs> continue my Suzanne pet peeve for writing is the amount of times she says half a dozen in Baldus on Birds and Snakes she says it at least like 12 times I'm not even joking half a dozen half a dozen like just say six she says half a dozen half a dozen times at least she says half a dozen two half a dozen times doesn't she say it in Catching Fire though too is it half a dozen wedding dresses yeah, yeah. so she just likes that phrase it shows Don't mind me just parking my car. <laughs> Paying for parking at my parking stall. How do y'all know? Because we can hear. We mine. can hear it. Oh my God. I'm turning my mic off. You're going to need to mute yourself, sir. <laughs> okay, my question was, so she is wondering about PETA because her new plan is she gets up finally and she's planning on killing PETA. If PETA were in there and... Like, they were in a situation where she had to kill him. Would she be able to kill him? Or would she not be able to do it? No way. She doesn't even kill Gale at the end. No. Mockingjay. She's lying. Because I'm like, what would she have done? If if she was right in this mental state where they are actually under the capital's control and she sees PETA and she gets up, like, I could not picture her killing him. Mm-mm. I think she tells herself that to like, not hyper self up, but you know, it was just like get her to do something. I feel like Katniss is the kind of person who feels better if she has a plan, no matter how like well thought out that plan is. As long as she feels like she's actively doing something, like that's what keeps her going. And I think that's like what she struggles a lot with in like the first half of Mockingjay, and she's just like like waiting for the next move kind of thing. I also think that maybe she's so out of it that like yeah, she'd be more willing to do it now than she would 
I just think mm. she's not in the right headspace in this exact moment. True. That would be so awkward if Peta was there and she kills him. And Plutarch's like, what did you just do? You're on the right ship. No. <laughs> 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 your enthusiasm contract comes on. <laughs> That's iconic. Okay, the part where she lunges across the table at Hamish. Right? Or from the movie, like, immediately she gum- comes at them in the room with a syringe. In the book, she literally reaches across the table and claws at Hamish's face. And causes blood to flow and damage to one eye. I'm like, what? Katniss says, you didn't tell me. My voice is as ragged as Phoenix. I'm like, is she just really tired or is she that upset? It's really sad. Like, she's betrayed. Yeah, the anger against Hamish. And the, I still don't understand why Peta and I weren't let in on the plan. Like, me too, Katniss. I mean, (laughs) Peta, but we all know why Katniss wasn't let in. Like, Let's talk about it. If Peta and Katniss had been informed of the rebel plan to some extent, because everyone has different like amounts of knowledge on it, if they got captured and taken by the capital, like they would get the same torture as the other victors, I feel like. If anything, they would get tortured and murdered. I don't know. In the end, they didn't let off Peta because he had any different, like he had no knowledge compared to Annie and Joanna, who did have knowledge. Yeah, but I think they only tortured him because of Katniss. I don't know. Katniss is just such a bad uh, performer that I, I understand her side. It's really the, the Peta side to me it doesn't yeah. make sense. I can justify hers, but I don't really understand what was the point of leaving him out. He could, he could act all day. Yeah, everything, I feel like everything would have been better if they had told him. Plus, he's the one who, like, they're, like, watching Katniss's every move, not his every move, because they know that he's not faking anything. So I don't know. I just thought it would have been easier to tell him, maybe easier for him to, like, allude to things for Katniss and not necessarily tell her my biggest frustration in life. Yeah, it just aligns perfectly with his plan. I got chills. I love this line. I I like it how they do it in Mockingjay in the movie. The I wish she was dead. I wish they were all dead and we were too. Mm-hmm. Like that line on the movie. Oh my gosh. It gives me chills. I feel like it was such a smart decision to make that the opener for Mockingjay part one. Absolutely. I hate the openers in the Mockingjay movies because they don't, it's not something that happens in the first two movies. It frustrates me. But in the first movie, there's an opener that's like Prim Scream. And in Catching Fire, we have the Marvel moment where she, you know, freaks out. I feel like they're all in line. How dare you undercut my argument? (laughs) Well, your argument was that it doesn't exist, but it does. Your argument does not exist. Um, What else? This is like really disturbing, uh, but I love it. Uh Oh, Maybe because I'm disturbed, but... So she basically mocks Phoenix. She's like, you don't have to worry about Annie. She's too far gone. She like basically roasts Annie right in front of him and he's crying. He's right next to her and he's crying and she's like, whatever. And I just, for some reason, I love that. It just shows like everyone has their breaking point. Even Katniss is like, I'm done. Finnick O'Dare's good intentions mean less than nothing. Jeez. I can hear him weeping, but I don't care. 
But I mean, Katniss feels like she's lost everything. Her whole rest of her purpose in life. True. Yeah, like she's dealing with her own grief and shock right now. And she's pissed off at Peta too. Mm-hmm. I think I hate him even more than I do Haymitch. And then there's Gail. <laughs> Holly, did you want to say something about Gail? <laughs> I actually like Gail in this scene. He's actually very sweet, but... He tells her the truth. I mean... It's so sad. Like, I recognize that voice. It's the same one he uses to approach wounded animals. There's no difference, Katniss. There's no difference. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what I like about that moment. There is no District 12. In the book. That's an epic ending. I was like, what? It's an awful uh-huh. ending. I had to wait for Mockingjay to be published. I remember reading that for the first time. It's crazy. Imagine waiting a year for that. Torturous. Imagine waiting two and a half years for ballad news. <laughs> <laughs> we did get some news this week, though. It's like dun, dun, dun. I feel like we have to hear Kaylee's perspective about this. Like, how long were you assuming that we were going to get news from CinemaCon? Because, like, I, I had no idea. It wasn't on my radar at all. I sort of tweeted about it maybe about two weeks before the event. I didn't actually think we were going to get anything from it because it was just for, you know, theater owners and people in that sort of industry. So I didn't think they'd actually release anything to the public, but then they did. So November 17th, 2023, is that enough time or is it too late? We don't want it to be any sooner, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I wouldn't want them to like rush through every anything. As long as we have a date, I'm fine, even if we have to wait a bit. Literally. I can't believe we went this long without even knowing a date. I don't know when release dates usually come out, but... <laughs> I just, I guess, like like Emily said, I'm not sure, like, I don't know enough about typical schedule for, like, finding out release dates and stuff. But I'll be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that we got a release date before we got any kind of cast, like, even for a smaller character. I don't know what it, when it was done for the first movie. Yeah, I don't know either. But, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad that it's November of next year. Like, anything before that would have felt too, like, I would just worry that they would be rushing it because if they're only starting production in, like, in a couple months, like, filming-wise, that doesn't leave very much time, really, to then, like, edit everything and market it properly and everything. So I feel like this is a fair amount of time. Yeah, I feel like they could have maybe done it for the summer, which we had kind mm-hmm. of talked about in 2023. But yeah. I, I'm of the opinion that the longer we have to wait and like actually things are happening is better because we yeah. just have more time to be in Hunger Games <laughs> mode before the movie. Yeah, exactly. I want to save that time. And hopefully it gives Lionsgate time to actually do something and move their butts. And give us good marketing campaigns and not be lazy and weird. Literally. Right. (laughs) Spend all the money. I'm really not expecting it to reach the same level as, like, the Catching Fire marketing. Because I think that was, like, so explosive. But um, you got to do something. Got to do something. I'm really hoping that they're going to do, like, some July 4th stuff. Just because, like, Ballad Whistle book that we found out that July 4th is Reaping Day. And I feel like that's kind of a fun thing. But they haven't been taking advantage of like dates, dates that are related 
to the yeah. series or anniversaries and stuff like they gave us those steelbooks on the 10th anniversary and then again that was actually released the day before so like <laughs> you know I'm like y'all please yeah this month we have two important dates we have Katniss's birthday on the 8th and then we have the second anniversary for Ballad on the 19th but I, I don't really think we're gonna get anything on those specific dates to be honest I don't think so either because I don't think they have any connection to films really. Yeah. It would just be like a fun like acknowledgement to the fans because like fans like us who like pay attention to that sort of thing it would feel really validating or like yeah. oh you guys actually do pay attention to us you know. Yeah I guess I can see that once maybe like next year when we're yeah. actually like in marketing mode but. Oh my god. I'm so ready. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like thinking no about that. I'm looking at my ballad journal right now and I'm like, I've only written maybe like six, ten pages in the last two years in it. And I'm like, I just, I want to fill this. Give me all the things. There's just going to be yeah. so much news. I, like, I, I can't wait. Also, I'm hoping for the, um, you know, the Lionsgate quarterly meeting. I thought yeah. that was supposed to be in one, one in May because it was one in February, but I haven't gotten an email about it. Oh, yeah. So maybe a production update, like a date. Yeah. So I don't know when that next one's going to be. I tried looking up for it manually, like on the Lionsgate website, and I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I just did that. Okay, should we talk about the logo? I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's next. Anybody thoughts on the logo? They're not changing the title from the book title which is cool i'm glad about that i don't like it but <laughs> you don't what i don't know i i understand both perspectives making it shorter for the sake of simplicity but then you know wanting to stay faithful to the book i think overall i'm glad they kept it but mm-hmm. i can see also the benefits of changing it i'm just like who cares about the book <laughs> like- <laughs> Let's make, like, nobody's super attached to anything with ballads, so let's just make things cooler, better, as sleek as they can be. And I want Songbirds and Snakes, The Hunger Games, Songbirds and Snakes. The title was already too long for the book. I'm not bothered by it, like, the length or whatever. I feel like, in general, most people, I think, will just end up referring to it as the new Hunger Games movie. And, like, like I, I always picture, like, going to the movie theater or something and, like, being online to buy tickets. People are going to be, like, two for the new Hunger Games, like, two for Hunger Games. Like, no one's, I don't think people are going to yeah. sit there and be, like, yeah. the Hunger Games, the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. And I think, you know, maybe us fans will shorten it to Songbirds and Snakes because we've been calling it that for two years now. Yeah, honestly, people, people call it everything. They call it just Ballad or Songbirds and Snakes. But see, this is the reason why did they keep it? the full title nobody talks about it like that anyway i think it's fine just as long as they have the hunger games there so it has that yeah. connection to people yeah because if they if is. they removed the hunger games altogether and called it either the battle of songbirds and snakes or just songbirds and snakes i think that would be a huge mistake on their part because it would not draw in enough people and i feel like when the movie starts being promoted it will give the book more attention because i think people will like you know, people who are like casual movie fans or who maybe haven't read Everyone's the books just originally. Like, wait, there's a prequel. Exactly. Yeah. And I think people will be like, oh, wait a minute. And then hopefully it'll drive more traffic towards the book as well. And having it be the same title would be less confusing. Yeah, true. And like for the trailers, I remember um watching a commercial for the new Nick Cage movie. They didn't say the full trailer. Uh 
title in the commercial. So they'll probably just say either the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes or Songbirds and Snakes. I think they're going to want to keep as many connections to the original trilogy as possible because they want to, you know, rope in those fans who were fans of the first movies. So they'll definitely try and, you know, market it specifically as the Hunger Games prequel and especially focus on the games, I think. Yep. God, I hope not. <laughs> I know, but it's just that's the seller. That's really. the pull. We all know. I know. I know. I'm just like uh. the only cool thing that would be about that is like if that's the draw and that's what gets people to go see it, but then like it ends up not taking a huge part of the actual movie. Yeah, they just need like, to advertise is, it that way. Yeah, because this is my main gripe with like a lot of trailers nowadays, where like trailers feel like they're ten minutes long, and I feel like I've seen the whole movie. And like, it's like a trend or a format that seems to be really popular right now. And I feel like if they do that for the ballad trailers where they put the emphasis on the games and maybe just a little bit of snow and like whatever, people will be like, oh, okay, cool. And then it, you know, ends up only being 30% of the film or whatever. I think that would be fair. (laughs) But they also, I would think, are not going to show any of the Peacekeeper stuff. Yeah, no. yeah, the true. Trailer, I don't know. So then they have to show more of the games, I guess. Yeah, I actually wonder how they're going to do that because in the book, it's it's a secret in a way, but also it's the you know the title of the mm-hmm. of part three. So they could choose to either do it as a, as a shock twist or advertise it like that from the beginning. I mean, I just think back to like when Catching Fire was being like the movie was being promoted. And the trailers had an emphasis on the games and on the revolution a little bit, but like, you know, the whole bit about District 13 was kept entirely hidden for like, I mean, fans who read the books knew it was going to happen, sort of like, you know, but for just like a movie audience, it was not really part of the marketing, you know, and that ends up being like, I mean, it's literally at the very, very, very end, but yeah, so. It's possible. They could do it. The same people who do the uh, Marvel trailers, they show, like, only five scenes out of, like, all of the trailers. And the movies are, like, three hours long, so. I hope the movie's three hours. Yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of length, I hope it's longer than two hours. I really want, like, like how the Batman is three hours, and it's so well-balanced and so well-paced. Yeah. That's what I want. I feel like it's gonna have to be pretty long to fit everything like I mean no, I know they're gonna have to take some stuff out but like there's so much in that book it has to be at least two and a half I feel like yeah at least two and a half catching fire was two and a half hopefully 245 <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah. so much of ballad is like you need so much context to really illustrate snow's progression and I think, like, you know, when you read the book, I mean, some like, I agree with you, Emily, like, you know, some parts definitely don't need to be there or they don't need to be, I don't need six sentences to explain to me what a chair looks like or whatever. But, um, <laughs> but it's like so much of, like, for me, my favorite part of Ballad is the end is part three. But I feel like you couldn't just have part three exist on its own. Like, you need all of part one and two yeah. to give proper context and inform the reader on what they're really like dealing with and so I'm curious to see how that will be adapted and I think part three is going to be fleshed out so much more 
Yeah. Because True. it's like thinking about the first movie, the reaping is like so short. Mm-hmm. But then, and like for Catching Fire, the reaping so short, but it's this big emotional scene in the films. And mm-hmm. there are scenes like that in part three that I think are going to be the emotional scenes that are going to be longer. And the character building is going to have to be really, oh. really good because, I mean, you get so like attached to Sejanus and then like Snow, you have to like him for at least the beginning. So they really have like a big like task ahead of them, I feel like, like making like getting that in with everything else they have to get into so i'm interested mm-hmm. to see how they're gonna do that i'm i'm really pleased that they kept the all gold theme for the actual bird and snake i'm glad they kept the, sh- the same shape for it yeah i love the logo i because i mean i had made that post where i was like just trying to come up with <laughs> well i was really just trying to give myself valid content so i just made <laughs> some up but um I was just like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do this, if they're going to, like, differentiate it visually because it's a prequel, if they're going to want to keep it in line with the original franchise, like, how much are they going to keep it in line, whatever. And I think keeping with the all gold is the best and smart move. And it's interesting, there's no, there's no fire. And it, it seemed like it was kind of the sun, maybe, behind it. I don't know if they're going to, like, stick with that or what. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how finished that is, because we it wasn't like right. the official release. It was technically a leak. Yeah. And oftentimes, like, you know, animated films, well, this is not an animated film, but like animated films will have like the rough version, you know, with like rough rendering and just so you can get the idea and the concept, but it's not, not always like the finished product. And so, yeah, it's like how much of it is going to be different. I'm really curious about the Icy Branch thing yeah like I love that so much it's gonna it's gonna make such good posters yeah I have the clip description the teaser I guess the clip panned over striking shots of icy gilded tree branches as text scrolled that reads the world will discover who is a songbird and who is a snake dun 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 which also the icy thing just reminded me of the title a song of ice and fire (laughs) Rest in peace, Game of Thrones. <laughs> that little phrase like got me really excited and hyped, but then I'm also like, who's a songbird and who's a snake? Like we know who the songbird is and who the snake is. When the ballad book came out, and you know we had the title and we read, and like I was only reading two chapters a day because I wanted to like savor it. And when we meet Lucy Gray and at the reaping, and she has a snake. It's like that kind of gets like as the story goes on and you get to know both characters. Mm, okay. You see, did you see what I mean? Like for me at first, I was like, what direction is this going to go? And I was like, I mean, I know Snow is the snake, but it was interesting that Lucy Gray, who is the character we're supposed to be rooting for, at least between those two. Especially when Snow starts to question her as well. Yeah. Into her character. Yeah. I feel like it's a little, like, we we'll, we still know. Yeah, I guess that's what I was wondering. Like, are they going to play up that part of it more? I've heard some fans as well who genuinely think that she was, that she had bad intentions and stuff. So it's interesting. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's an interpretation, but it's not like the most popular interpretation. Yeah. So I don't know if the movie might like lean more into that or. Snow's, you know, his whole inner monologue during that scene 
and slowly convincing himself that she's the enemy and everything I feel like I guess that got to some people and if they do it right in the movie it could inspire that same you know questioning in the audience if they do it right I really really hope they do that scene right because it's so good in the book could you imagine that we've this whole time we've actually got the whole tone and message of ballad wrong and that Lucy <laughs> Gray's the villain <laughs> imagine that's why like I can't wait to see the movie just in that aspect of to to see mm-hmm. if it changes my thoughts about any of like the characters or people's intentions so I'm excited for that I feel like like when I first read Mockingjay I was well I was granted I was a little bit younger and so some of those like political themes were kind of lost on me or at least I couldn't appreciate them fully and I got kind of confused by all the strategizing and stuff and then it wasn't until the Mockingjay movies came out where I was like now I get it and so I feel like yeah like maybe Ballad will have some of these moments that in the book feel a little bit odd or like misplaced or like happen too quickly or too slowly and depending on how the movie handles them like you said I wonder how they'll affect my perception of the story or the tone of it yeah but yeah I'm also very excited for that forest scene I can like see it in my head and I try not to think about it too much because I don't want to get like <laughs> build up expectations yeah like I don't want to get married to a specific idea and it be not like that or completely different and then I'm like disappointed by it or something yeah they're gonna have to be really careful with that scene but that scene is like I would say is the most cinematic in the entire book yeah for sure like to me it was just so visual I think they need to bring Gary Ross back with the shaky cam for that scene absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) I agree no (laughs) (laughs) it'll be like directed by Francis Lawrence featuring Gary (laughs) no (laughs) I'm not gonna make any promises but I'm going to tell myself, I'm really just telling myself this, but y'all are going to hold me accountable to this. I want to make like some kind of sequence, like a, like illustration sequence of how I picture, maybe not the whole chapter, but like that like really crucial pivotal moment. AJ, I yeah. need that. Just because I, <laughs> I need it to exist somewhere if they, in case they end up doing it differently in the movie, just so I can be like, you know what? It's fine. Because... <laughs> I got it out of my system. I can act it out and film it on my phone if y'all want me to. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I'm already in the mood. This will help. Practice. <laughs> Lucy! Snow! Are you even allowed to talk about it? Like, have you gotten the contracts cleared with everyone at Lionsgate? Well, I'm asking for an extra $50 million, and then we're going to finish up the contracts by the end of the week, hopefully. Okay, I just want to make sure you're like, allowed to talk about it. We might have to cut this. Yeah, you might have to cut this out. I don't know if Zendaya signed on completely yet, but I beat out all the other losers for this role. So, And Nina interviewed me, and I told her that she was the scum of the earth, and she said, well, you're so good, we can't not hire you. <laughs> that was that. Don't worry, Lucy Gray. I'll run you over with my car. <laughs> <laughs> Is that supposed to be me? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm the very pessimistic person that I don't think we're ever going to see that teaser. I think it's just a promotional. They're just going to delete it. Thing. What? No, don't be mad. Manif- don't. No, no. You're like doing the opposite of manifesting, right? <laughs> Based on the way it sounds, I feel like you could probably make that teaser with iMovie. I mean, it's right. It's just Stop. like melting ice and then 
snakes and who's the song i feel like i could probably make it if y'all want me to by the end of the night <laughs> create a youtube account titled lionsgate and release it <laughs> yeah i'm just really pessimistic i feel like that's not for our eyes i always thought about like you know at the end of the first hunger games movie the mockingjay like shifts and transforms and it becomes the catching fire one and then at the end of catching fire does that with mockingjay etc etc and i don't know that we'll get like a reference to the original mockingjay pin with this one but i feel like you know because they talk about the icy branches and stuff and some kind of animation it would be interesting if they did make that connection and the mockingjay from the ballad logo flew away and then became the mockingjay from the original like at the end yeah <gasps> stop <laughs> i really i i think the odds of this happening are really slim but i really want a donald sutherland post-credit scene so bad yes! <laughs> yes! He, he would do it he would totally do yeah. it that's true <laughs> Dina. wheel him in a wheelchair if you have to do it <laughs> like of all the fan service that we kind of got in the book please give us that Anything else to say about the date or the logo, the teaser? I have everything and nothing to say at the same time. <laughs> Assuming that the the filming in Germany and Poland thing happens in like July, do we think we'll get casting stuff in May or June? Because I mean, eventually, like if there's filming locations, like photos are going to get leaked. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just basing but, it off of the first movie and what they did with that, but it could be mm. completely different. I mean, didn't Nina tweet or agree that May would be our month? Yeah, that's the that's the only reason I said that maybe we'll get something at the end of May. That's true. It could be something different. Maybe when she says, think so, she could mean like, I think it'll be May, but it might be so late in May that it could be June. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Please, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just ready for a casting announcement. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't have to wait too much longer. I mean, they can't, they can't keep it a secret forever. Like, if they'll just tell me who's who's going to play Snow. Like, that's all I care about. After that, I'll wait. Ugh. However long. I'm so anxious. It gives me knots in my stomach. Just, I want to put a face to that dumb picture <laughs> from EW. I'm just, that's all I can think about. I'm sick of thinking about that picture. <laughs> You're, you're ready to replace that with something else. Yeah, I need someone different now when I'm thinking about the book. You know what I'm excited for as well is magazines, like the collector's issue magazines that I'm certain we'll get at least one of. Because yes. we had the Hollywood Spotlight who did like a recap of the Hunger Games when Ballad, the book came out, um, which was encouraging. I was like, okay, so there's clearly still an interest. I went to Barnes & Noble maybe like a week ago and I counted on those like newsstand rack things, eight different Harry Potter collector magazines. Burn them. Burn them down. Yeah. <laughs> That's overkill. I love They're Harry fire. Potter, but y'all need to calm down. <laughs> They're chaotic. That's too much. So I'm like, all right, I'm sure one of those magazines can sacrifice the eighth publication of Harry Potter and give us a valid thing. Um, I just miss the nostalgia of the Us Weekly magazines. Those were my favorites. Yeah, I love magazines. I need to, and the People ones. I need to get the People Collector Edition of Catching Fire. I can't believe I still don't have that one. But oh, that's the one that I'm in. Emily, her mom has a copy of it. 
have like <laughs> 10 copies. <laughs> I will buy one off of you, Emily. Actually, I might only have like three, so. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I find them on eBay regularly. It's not, it's not too big of an issue, but I'm just saying I'm excited for that. And, you know, those like little, they're kind of cheesy, but they're like, meet the cast. And then you'll have these like little mini bios of everyone and uh, good times. Yeah, I hope we get something like that here. It'll probably be our first look at Snow, whoever is playing. It just reminds me of St. Katniss for the first time on, on that first cover. That was a moment. Oh, the best cover. I'm thinking of getting an Entertainment Weekly subscription or something because I really want to have a magazine with the best looks of everything. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, when we get casting news, that's not even going to be the first look, the first, like, movie look, you know? Like, because they'll say, like, oh, Snow is going to be played by so-and-so. We're all going to fly to Google Images. <laughs> Manips. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know be like okay we have a general idea but that's still not even going to be like the first like promotional image of the actors in their costume in their makeup but he has brown hair <laughs> right oh my god <laughs> i always get so irritated when i see those kinds of things i'm like do you guys know what movies are there's hair and there's makeup and there's special effects there's hair literally dye, it's everything fine. it's gonna be okay <laughs> but if they have to like bleach somebody's hair to be snow for the love of god please use toner I don't need another Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, we don't have another movie moment. to get it right. <laughs> exactly. That's so exciting. Yeah, I didn't even think about magazine covers. Just like all the things, all the things coming back around again. I want to fill up my journal with newspaper and magazine clippings. That sounds so fun. I want to do that. Let me just like journal my my daily ballad thoughts. <laughs> yes, please do it. I, I wanted to do it. I started to when I was reading ballad the first time I didn't have the journal yet so I wrote it all my thoughts on each two chapter like installments in my like regular Hunger Games journal and I was like maybe I'll need to retranscribe everything into this one um but now I'm just like gonna make this one be just for the film um and I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch it out as much as I can like I'll write three pages for like we just got the date <laughs> write three pages about that <laughs> and just try to fill it up as much as I can. What did everyone think happened to Lucy Gray at the end? Like, cause I want to know, even I don't know what the hell happens to her. What does everyone think? Dead. Dead, dead. I don't think she's dead. She's hands down dead. Oh, she was Greasy Say. <laughs> yeah, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Say, Greasy Say. Okay, like, but on the Lucy Gray poem by Woodsworth, the character Lucy Gray ends up dying. And so, oh. I mean, like, if she's basing this whole character off of Woodworth's Lucy Gray, then, and I don't, I don't remember the words exactly in the poem, but it's along the lines of, like, like, never to be seen again or something like that. <laughs> and about, like, drown, I don't know if she, like, drowns in the poem or freezes or something, but I just think maybe, like, the hint with the icy branch is, like, mm she dies her footprints disappear like by the water around the bridge i feel like it's implied that she falls in and drowns oh my god it's not a theory for me i feel like for me it's canon just because of the poem i think there was an interview question that suzanne was asked maybe in the back of ballad i don't have that copy with the interview and she was asked mm -hmm. about lucy gray's fate and she said basically just you know for now it's unknown unless she decides to explore in other books 
I don't think I ever want to like have an answer from Suzanne and I'm sure she won't give one but I just like that it's more open-ended and and I just like having that relationship with the original poem I have a question what do we think that they'll do as far as the movie adaptation because I thought about this when I finished reading the book and I was like for a movie audience if they leave it open-ended or like too open-ended I feel like it could be misleading and to like suggesting that they're opening it up to continue it but then I feel like making it really final would also not be 100% authentic to the text so I'm, I'm wondering like do you think they'll they'll imply a death more than like there's a chance she could have gotten away kind of thing because yeah as far as we know it's not open-ended for other movies uh, at least not within this storyline if they make it seem like she's dead that also adds to snow's villain like mm-hmm. how evil he becomes so maybe they'll do something or at least allude to it to make it seem like he is now this evil person that we see in the hunger games that's that's a good point plus like i mean because you know it's one of those things where i feel like the end of ballad works well for a book you know but i don't know that it works well for a film like the formats are so different the way people receive the stories there can be different and so i don't know it was just something i was thinking about but that's a good point it adds to the, the villainous side of the snow that's something I don't even have an answer to. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I can even like, like make a theory as to what I think. I'm just genuinely like, I have no idea what to expect, which I think is kind of exciting, but also a lot of faith into their hands. But I trust them still. <laughs> the fact that we're all going to be like on the edges of our seats literally the entire time, because even through the credits, I'm going to be like, is there a post-credit seat? Like, you know, I'm going to be like, constantly in a state of anticipation until movie theater staff removes me from the theater Um, I feel like that's that's how I feel right now but that won't actually be the case because I'll be so saturated by clips and photos and that I'll feel like I'm just sitting in the chair filling in the gaps because that's how it really felt the last (laughs) that's what I'm worried about too that's how it always is when you when you look and see everything. Yeah, I don't usually watch movie trailers. Yeah. But it's different with this, so I kind of have to. If I can share this anecdote real quick. Like, when Catching Fire came out, um, I had read Catching Fire beforehand, of course, and I knew that, like, I knew the, the, the story of Catching Fire, and I was still, like, <laughs> it was like I didn't know anything. I was like, oh, my God, really? They're going back into the arena? That's crazy. And then, like, the end scene where it's like Jennifer Lawrence who's like laying on that hospital bed thing and she like looks up and her face changes from like sadness and confusion to just like anger and it cuts to Atlas by Coldplay in the credits. I can't tell you how hard I sobbed. Like literally my group of friends went outside, like they're ready to go home. And I'm like sitting in this movie theater, crying my eyes out. Movie theater staff is like, hey, sorry, kid. (laughs) you gotta get out of here there's like spilled popcorn we have to clean the theater and I'm just like sobbing like okay I'm sorry like and I like was on the train home like holding on to the the handbars in in the subway just like puffy eyes still crying like just completely an emotional wreck so much so when I got home my mom was like 
what happened? Like, are you okay? You know, like, <laughs> truly, I've never cried harder at a movie and in my life. Granted, it hasn't happened since. So maybe, you know, this won't happen again with Ballad. But I'm just saying, I've experienced <laughs> it once before. <laughs> it's not impossible that it would happen again. Ballad didn't make me cry in the way that, like, Catching Fire makes me emotional. But I'm, I'm just going to be so, like, excited and, like, full of energy that I won't know what to do with. <laughs> like, I definitely want to see it a minimum of three times in theaters and I want to shoot for more, but that's, that's the minimum. It has to be three. I think we should rent out a theater and y'all can just fly yes. here and <laughs> we can all see it together. <laughs> We're going to the premiere. I don't care what anyone says. We're all going. <laughs> Amen. Sneak in. Lionsgate, invite us. <laughs> Songbirds and Snakes commented on my reel about like the 10 years of me doing like Hunger Games OCs and concept art or whatever. And they're like, wow, so beautiful. And I was like, thanks, friend. And I keep trying to be like subliminally like, we're friends. friends. (laughs) You You know what you do with your friends? You invite them to things. (laughs) I mean, we definitely all have to go to the premiere. I mean, if nothing else, you know, doing the tents, waiting in line. Getting a good spot. We can all huddle for warmth. It will be cold. Oh my gosh. At Mockingjay Part 2, it was freezing and it was so windy. It was awful. What do you mean by cold? Like, what's, yeah. what's cold yeah, yeah. to you? Because you're from Arizona. <laughs> like, it was the wind that was the worst thing. Like, mm. it was hard to take Like, what was the temperature? Because my hand <laughs> was shaking. Give me a number. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, it was 65 degrees. Yeah. I think it was in the 50s with the wind. So okay, I mean that's survivable. I lived. <laughs> My pictures are all blurry, but I lived. I'm giving myself like okay, well it means I have you know roughly a year and a half or so to plan out my ballad premiere outfit, invited or not. I don't care. <laughs> How do premieres work? Do you like just stand there and like see people, or do you what do you do? I, I just I don't know. I mean, so the premiere is basically about seeing the cast. And getting pictures with the cast, autographs, Susan mm-hmm. Collins. Probably your only chance to see her. Yeah, that's my goal. They do that like way before the movie comes out, right? It's usually the Monday, the week before the movie comes out. So like the 6th of November. Hopefully they do something like for the Hunger Games and Catching Fire. Like that weekend before people would get there like Friday, start camping out for Monday. And then they would bring the cast in like a certain area and fans could line up and get autographs and pictures with people. So I hope they do kind of like a fan camp sort of thing. I know nothing about nothing about this. So <laughs> so you don't even get to see the movie afterwards? It's just meeting the cast? You don't get to see the movie unless you're actually invited. Uh, I mean, the yeah, very Tina, first... I was thinking it was like a movie too, but. It's oh. not. I mean, you see the movie the next week, so. <laughs> oh, man. Tina? <laughs> you have to wait another two weeks. I think we could, like, I like the idea of, um, what'd you say before about renting a theater or something like that? Like, I don't know. <gasps> we should do that. We can do our own premiere. We can dress up and like walk into the theater. They have no yes. idea what's going on. And we're just like, we have our own red carpet. Our own red carpet. Yes. <laughs> you get me, Taylor. <laughs> All on Instagram Live. <laughs> That'd be so cool. You guys, let's rent out a theater. We can all dress fancy. 
And the staff is like, you guys can't do this. What are you doing? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, if we rented out the movie theater and paid for it, there's no dress code like limits in a True. movie theater. There's minimums. True. We'll have our own Met Gala. We'll have our own tribute parade. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And then we'll send invites to everyone a part of the production. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> come to our party. <laughs> a random movie theater in a random state please come to us (laughs) so everyone come join us in arizona in 2023 (laughs) anything else emily you gotta you gotta close it out for us i mean i'm just so excited for everything that's to come praying for news in may yeah i'm like next week next week can we have news (laughs) let's just keep it going Well, then I guess we will close it out and we will talk to you all again next week. Bye. 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 Bye.